Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Well, I kind of have a love-hate fascination with carousels. I, you know, I think the artwork is fantastic, but it's also scary at the same time, especially, you know, when you look at those horses and their red eyes. Right. They got the crazy look going on. The crazy looking eyes. Like they're going to bite you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, and like, then, a, like a rabbit, like a white rabbit with red eyes. Right. And then they're all the mirrors, like yes. distorting you. And then... Yes. And you know, Holly, some say that just the circular motion of the carousel along with the hypnotic music together cast this weird paranormal effect on the writer or those in proximity. Some even say the carousels create a vortex. And that just makes me want to hurl my corn dog, you know, when I'm on it. <laughs> I might hurl the corn dog before I get on it. <laughs> I can't handle rides that go in circles. Circles. Do you get dizzy on them? Yes. I yeah. Get, I get motion sickness. So yeah. Yeah. Some of them I can't. They're too intense for me too. Do you know the difference between a carousel and a merry-go-round? I didn't know there was a difference. I thought they were the exact same thing. Well, carousels go around counterclockwise and merry-go-rounds, as they are mainly in Europe, they're called merry-go-rounds rather than carousels. They build them so that they turn clockwise. Why is there a difference? I think it's so that when you want to time travel, you can go on <laughs> the carousel and go backwards in time and you can ride the carousel. And if you want to go into the future, you just hop on the merry-go-round. Exactly. Into the future. That's exactly right. Okay. I okay. should never even have asked that question because it's such an obvious oh, answer. It's so obvious, right? And But remember, you need to be almost asleep on the horse and you got to click your heels and say you're not in Kansas anymore. Okay. That's interesting that you say that because it reminds me of a book that I love called um, Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ooh, I Ray. love the title. Isn't that great? It's by famed author Ray Bradbury. And there is, it's a story about a carnival that comes to town and it, these two boys um, are, they go to the carnival and all this weird shit starts happening, but there is a carousel in the middle of the story. And if you write it in one direction, it gets, makes you go older. And if you write it in another direction, it makes you become younger. So that's oh. what it makes me think of. It makes me think of that book. Ray Bradbury knew the secret. He was a brilliant writer. Yeah. He that's really awesome. Was. It makes me want to read the story now. Yeah, it's good. Carousels are very magical, and let's not discount the possibility, though, of where these carousels were built. A lot of these haunted carousels were on cursed land. Really? <laughs> so oh. I have a treat for you. My story today is on haunted carousels. Yay! It's mm -hmm. awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's hard to research these, though, because many of these carousels were dismantled and moved around so much. And while many horses were sold off or have become placed in new homes, these carousels around the country, they still retain some of the elements of the original carousel and great pains have been taken to replicate and restore these carousels back to how they were. The first of my stories is about the beautiful carousel of Jansen Beach in Portland, <laughs> Oregon. Yeah, I remember that one. It was an attraction of an amusement park located in the northern area of Portland on Hayden Island. 
It was called the Coney Island of the West. And many think the carousel was built for the World Fair in 1904. But historians dispute this and say, no, it was built later in 1921 and resided for a short time on the Venice Beach Pier. But then later, they moved it to Jansen Beach in 1927. Mm. It was the largest amusement park in the nation. Isn't that cool? Jansen Beach had the largest amusement park? Yep. And they only charged 10 cents for admission. Huh. Jansen Beach also had a musical swimming pool. You could swim and hear the tunes playing underwater. It's too bad they didn't play the soundtrack of Jaws. (laughs) Wait, wait. This was like the 1920s, right? Yeah. So Jaws was still being developed as an animatronic shark. I know. That's too bad. That would have been super spooky and scary. I know. He's so so studly. The carousel was built by C.W. Parker Amusement Company, and some of the carved horses were said to be made by several inmates of a prison in Leavenworth, Kansas. Yeah, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> we're, we're not at, we are in Kansas. We yeah. are in Kansas. And that we must got be- convicts making children's horses. Yes. yes. That must be some trustworthy inmates, considering they were yeah. giving, given carving knives. Nice. I wonder how many so-called accidents there were in carving those horses. <laughs> how many people they shanked with their little carousel horse uh, carving Oops. instruments? I don't know how my carving knife got in your neck. I don't know. Oh, well. The design of the carousel might have also had some input from the inmates because it is said the carousel floor had holes shooting bursts of air out. Fun, but not so fun if you were wearing a short skirt. The Parker Carousel also became famous and is in the Guinness World Book of Records due to a 14-year-old girl, Dana Dover, who in 1976 rode the carousel for a total of about 13 days nonstop. Oh, my God. And it's recorded as still the record holder for the longest ride in history on a carousel. And because it was all done in the name of charity, I guess, you know, this is okay parenting, apparently. (laughs) How did she go to the bathroom? Like, how does that work? We don't really want to know the details probably, but... I kind of do, but that's okay. Isn't that weird? (laughs) That's really weird. I wouldn't even know that that would have been a thing. No, I I really, like, she should be still alive. She should be, like, 57 now. And I really would like to interview her because I'm pretty sure she probably has vertigo issues (laughs) for the rest of her life. So many questions. So many questions. So many. The park itself had its share of disasters as a big flood of 1946 had caused lots of damage to the area. There was also a huge fire in 1960 that started in the Tunnel of Love. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody was like really going for it and their passion was so intense it started an actual fire. A lot of hot stuff going on there. Also, a teenage boy was thrown out of a roller coaster car and hit the track head first with the car rolling over top of him. Oh, that's like that Disneyland Matterhorn situation. I know. He was killed instantly. And then there was another fire in 1924, less than a mile away from the park. And the park finally closed its doors in 1970. So there hasn't been any reports of specific fatalities on the carousel itself. But two ghostly children were witnessed, a boy and a girl in clothing from the 1920s who look out at the riders from the middle of the carousel. And you know where the machinery is? There's usually like an open door. Yeah. Well, these children sometimes behaved as if they were looking for someone or something inside that machinery area of the carousel. Hmm. And they seem to um, really be seen by children. 
Mm -hmm. because most of the reports have come from other kids saying that the ghosts talk to them, asking them to play with them, or telling them that they've been hurt and can't leave the carousel. One mother reported that her son, Benjamin, told her of seeing two children on the ride dressed in old-style clothing and said one of the children yelled, don't throw him. Does she throw him a lot? Is that why there's a warning or is it just a general tip, terror tip? <laughs> don't throw just him. Just a general tip. Don't throw, Ma don't throw him. Yeah, don't maybe, you know, this was a carousel that had those brass rings. Uh -huh. So maybe like he's calling out for the horse not to throw the kid trying to grab the brass ring. Oh, maybe. The strange thing about this carousel is that a fire also broke out nearby when it was located in Venice Beach. You're basically saying that this carousel starts fires wherever it goes. It's a fire starter. It's a fire starter like Drew Barrymore. That's right. Well, you remember the big fire there uh, at Jansen Beach Red Lion Inn? Yeah, that just happened a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was a five alarm fire. That was, that was the big biggest one. fire in more than a decade. Yeah, it was huge. Portland had. So what happened was this Jansen Beach area uh, was turned into a big shopping complex, yes. a mall. Yes. And at the same time, this carousel was supposed to be an attraction for the big shopping mall in 2012. So what they were doing is they were restoring the carousel. Like a half a million dollars went into restoring this carousel. What? But How much do carousels cost? It's a lot of money to restore these carousels because all the, all the horses are hand carved. Oh, shit. But while restoring the carousel, a horse named Hector was found to have had the swastika symbol carved into it back before World War II happened and before the symbol was used by Hitler. So this symbol, hmm. people didn't like it while it was being restored. So they protested and said, you know, this horse cannot be on the carousel. So they took it away and um, it, it was never put back on the carousel. And people don't understand, though, why they didn't put back the entire carousel without the horse because they spent all this money on it. But they hmm. never put it back into the shopping area of Jansen Beach or any huh. other location. Huh. So to me, that's a lot of wasted money. Yeah, sounds like it. Maybe um, they know it's haunted. Maybe they don't want their mall burning down. Just a thought. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Sounds like it. How many fires then is that? Is it like three or four fires? Yeah. So they had the fire at Venice Beach. Mm -hmm. They had the fire at the park itself, Jansen mm -hmm. Beach Park. They had a fire about a mile away, uh, again, nearby. Uh, and that was at another little, um, like, fairground. Mm -hmm. And then in 2012, they had the Jansen Beach Red Lion Inn fire. That was humongous. Wow. That so four, four different fires. Yeah. Within like a mile of this carousel. Huh. Very interesting. So another story I came across was about a very haunted carousel horse called Mueller's Military Horse. This horse was carved by Daniel Mueller in 1917 and was part of the Cedar Point Carousel. It was said when Daniel's wife saw the horse, she fell in love with it. And after her death, her ghost returned to Cedar Point to ride the horse. People oh, say... Cool. They felt her presence nearby, and she was jealous if anyone wrote it. She would sabotage their pictures. So if anyone took snapshots of the horse, the photos would not develop correctly. There was a saying that it was impossible to photograph it. It's a ghost horse. It's a ghost horse for sure. That's very cool. There's a replica of the horse on display in the Carousel Museum in Sandusky, Ohio. 
I think we should get that horse together with Robert the doll and then see what happens. I think that might be kind of fun. Yeah. Maybe we can have Robert the doll ride the horse. That's, that would be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that would yeah. be a great photo op. No, it would. <laughs> yeah. The staff Wait, no, say, it wouldn't because no. you can't take a picture of yeah. that horse. <laughs> and, you can't take a, and you can't take a picture of Robert the doll no, either. No, because they'll both be upset. Wow. The staff say they can hear someone walking around the museum admiring the horse when it is after hours and closed for the night. There was also a haunted carousel at Crescent Park in Rhode Island, which was once called the Coney Island of New England. And this park opened in 1886, and the carousel was built by Charles Luth in 1895. The park, though, also had an unfortunate accident with fire when its ballroom burnt down in the late 1960s. Wow. Yeah. Carousels and fire, man. Carousels and fire. Yeah, I think it's just us making the connection right now. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) No, no, it's really there. It's not just us. All of our listeners are making this connection too. Okay, okay, good, good. We've got smart listeners. Yeah, we do. Nobody knows just how many were actually killed in the fire. Eventually, the park was closed down, but the carousel was restored and is still there to this day. It is said the carousel music is a bit off. Instead of fun, lighthearted organ music, it's a bit disjointed, sounding very frantic and Hmm. slightly off-key, making people feel a bit uneasy. Well, if it has the ability to make you travel through time, I think that would also be a little unsettling to hear weird music like that. It would. You'd think you were going somewhere really scary. Yeah, something kind of weird. Huh. The atmosphere in the park is also reported to be uncomfortable, with reports of people feeling like something is watching them. Witnesses say that even though the carousel is set on a timer for turning off at night, they say the carousel can be seen starting up on its own with the lights turning on and music being heard after hours when the park is closed and locked up. The creepiest thing, though, is an apparition of a very sad woman in 19th century clothing who wanders around by the carousel and often stares off into the distance into a lake at the park. She seems lost in thoughts and unaware of her surroundings. Nobody seems to know the true story of who this woman is, but many have thought maybe someone she knew, a child drowned in the lake. I love how like people make up stories for these yeah, ghosts. Right. So they see her around the carousel, but she walks to the lake. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she stares into the lake also. Maybe a child, her child died on the carousel. Or and, in the ballroom fire. Or in the ballroom fire. And then she took its body to the lake and threw it in. There's also reports of hearing laughter and children screaming in happiness as the ride gets faster and faster. And someone said, at one time they saw a filled popcorn bag floating up on its own. It's one of the few carousels where the riders can still try and grab the brass ring to win a free ride. Did you ever do that when you were a kid riding a carousel? Did you ever grab the brass ring? I don't think so. Did you? I don't don't remember there being one, but there probably was, and I just didn't know what it was. So they usually have it. You have to ride the outside horse, and they're Mm -hmm. usually these iron rings, and so it's rare to get the brass one. Oh, okay. And usually if you just get the brass one, you know what the prize is? A free, a free ride. ride. Yeah. And so you just go stay if, on. Why would I go for that when I'm already sick to my stomach after the first ride? 
But if you want a truly magical experience, Holly, I suggest mm. riding the carousel at Eldridge Park in New York. Mm. It is one of the fastest moving carousels in the world, and it goes 18 miles per hour. And what? Each, yeah. And each horse has a name. Huh. Let's just say it's absolutely charming. And if I ever go, I will ride the horse named Patronus. Patronus. <laughs> and for those of you Harry Potter fans, Jenny Weasley had a Patronus that also looked like a glowing horse. <laughs> well, there you go. There's my wow. haunted carousel story. Those are great. Those are really interesting. I had no idea that fires and carousels, like there are so many associations. That's really weird. Calling all true crime fans, murderinos, crime junkies, and wine coven members. Have you listened to Murder in the Rain yet? Murder in the Rain is a podcast based in the Pacific Northwest, focusing on the local cases that make us the notorious home of the true crime you love. I'm your host, Alicia Holland. And I'm your host, Emily Rowney. And in each episode, we will cover a case to bring you all the details of the crime. We often feature interviews with people close to the cases, including authors, victims, doctors, and detectives. Most content is dark and not suitable for young or sensitive listeners. But we do try to lighten the mood by giving you a blooper reel at the end of every episode. Trust me, you'll love it. Check us out today. And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe, follow on social media, tell a friend, and leave a review. Go to MurderInTheRain.com for additional content on each case, book reviews, discount codes, and an interactive map with the location of each crime. have for us holly well carol um i'm doing haunted forests Ooh, Ooh. scary spooky is so hansel I, and gretel part of your story oh i i should have brought them in i didn't think about them but uh no i have a, a small collection of haunted forests that i have found um that you know maybe someday i'll travel actually one of them i've been to because it's in the united states and i used to live in this town but the other ones, uh, no, haven't been there. So here we go. You ready? Yeah. So the first one uh, I've got is called the Daring Woods of Smarden, England. Um, the Daring Woods um, are known as the Screaming Woods, as people claim to hear screaming coming from deep within these woods. <laughs> oh. So there you go. Right out of the gate. It's right scary. out of the gate. Right out Arcan of the ominous. gate. Yes. There have been many deaths in the Daring Woods, including in 1948, when 20 dead bodies were found in the woods the morning after Halloween night. Their cause of death wasn't certain as the bodies were found in a pile and there were no visible wounds on the bodies. On Halloween night, witnesses said that they saw strange lights emanating from the woods in about the same area that the 20 people were located at the next day. The medical examiner finally decided that they had died of carbon monoxide poisoning and authorities stopped looking into it. It is also rumored that in 1998, 50 years after the 20 bodies were found in the woods, four college students disappeared in the Daring Woods as well. Again, witnesses said they saw strange lights in the sky about that time. The bodies of the college students were never found. People have also claimed to see shadows following them in the woods, as well as hearing whispers and footsteps behind them. 
1989, a town bordering the Daring Woods named Pluckley was named Britain's most haunted village in the Guinness Book of World Records. The town claimed that it had at least 12 ghosts. Wow, isn't it amazing how both of our stories we were featured in the World Book of Guinness Records? I do think that's weird. The World, wait. The Guinness World Book of Records? Yeah. And that wasn't the only thing. There's a couple of other things that you said in your story that I think kind of bounce back over to my story. So it's kind of of fun when that happens, when we do that. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, So here are just a couple quick snapshots of the ghosts that haunt the Daring Woods. It is believed that a man who was killed by the villagers because he was a criminal is um, haunting the woods. They actually nailed him to a tree and decapitated him. Oh, my Lord. They believe he's one of the ghosts heard screaming, but I call foul on that because you can't scream without a head. I'm not sure Uh, that that translates into the afterlife. What do you think? A screaming ghost without a head. That would be hard because we do know that the screaming ghost from Glam's castle without a tongue couldn't scream. Right. Maybe it's just the head that haunts the forest and the, the head is what's screaming. There is a ghost of a gypsy woman who actually fell asleep smoking her pipe and burned to death. Ooh. That'd be a shitty way to go, let's face it. Why wouldn't you wake up if you were burning? She probably did, but I have a feeling when she woke up, she was so far, like, engulfed, maybe. I don't know. You know, it's probably made up. (laughs) Let's face it. Okay, so don't discredit your own ghost stories. (laughs) Don't discredit them. We're we're totally believing in it. (laughs) She appears as a pink mist in the forest. There's another ghost that was a schoolmaster. He hung himself in a tree. The children that he taught found him hanging in the woods on their way to school. His ghost, yeah, nice, right? And they've never recovered since. His ghost is said to still appear hanging from the tree he used to kill himself. Do you Um, really think he killed himself? Or the children murdered him and just claimed <laughs> that he hung himself. Because I could go with that theory, too. I don't know. A lot of deadly stuff in this forest. <laughs> a lot of evil kids, too. There was a ghost of a man that fell into a clay pit. It is said that he's one of the screams that is heard from the woods. There is a headless horseman that drives a black carriage being pulled by four black horses. Of course there is. Of course there is. You got to have a couple decapitated ghosts in there for you sure. You have to. And then the last ghost was a man named Richard Dickey Buss. He hung himself after his windmill was struck by lightning and burned to the ground. Um, he oh, is seen. Wow. Yeah, I think it was like his livelihood, so it was just too much. He is just seen staring at the spot where his old windmill used to be. Sometimes he is seen during lightning storms. There's actually a lot of other ghost stories, but around these woods but those are the ones i picked because they were kind of the, the more interesting ones so the next one i did was the hoa Batshu forest in romania i picked this one because this forest is said to have a portal that can make people disappear so nice. i think that's kind of cool like what you were just talking about with the carousels like if it speeds up a certain way you can go like into a portal so this is yeah. a portal forest once again i'm going to reference my tv show the dead files that i like um, I talked about that on our um, New Mexico State pen story that we did a while back. Oh, yeah. Um, where they pair the psychic medium with a retired homicide detective, and they both go and explore a haunted property, and he collects the facts, and she does the psychic research, and then they come back together at the end and tell people what they found out. Well, there's an episode where Amy, the psychic medium, she's in Roseburg, Oregon, 
Nice. And she's investing, they're investigating a property in Roseburg. And when she's there, she's drawn to the woods. And her ex husband, Matt, is um, a cameraman who follows her around and he asks her questions and she answers him. And of course, there's another crew separate to them, but the two of them kind of go and do their own thing. So they go to the woods and um, she goes, These woods are bad. And he goes, Why? And she goes, I'm pretty sure. The living people have disappeared in these woods and have not come back. Oh, and wow. he's like, well, where have they gone? And she goes, other dimensions? I don't know. And so I love that because it's totally freaky. And she said that the uh, Native Americans had warned about not building on that property. But of course, they it got did. built on anyway. And now the house is super haunted because it sits right next to these woods. And there's also this portal is a way for traffic from other dimensions to come into our world. So creatures from other places can come in. The dead can come in. Space aliens can come in. Like it's kind of a, a doorway into other places. I want to go there. For sure. I know. I, I, I kind of do, but I kind of don't because I'm kind of scared. And I'm not exactly sure what, where, because they don't really ever publish the address of the house. The best part about this whole portal and extra dimension idea is that scientists believe that we might be able to soon prove that they exist. Awesome. Um, there's some articles out there that I saw about the hydrogen collider in uh, Switzerland. They think that that could possibly prove that these other dimensions exist. And Albert Einstein also believed that they existed. So there could be other dimensions where you are in those dimensions, but your life is just a degree off from where it is right now and things are different. And maybe you're not married to the person you're married to. Like there's all these different things that can happen in all these different dimensions. I think that is fascinating. So that's why I picked this one because it's said to have a portal like that in, this, in these woods. And so. that's so random for her to say that. Like she doesn't, I mean, usually she's focused on the house, right? Or the area where the haunting is. Yeah, she, um, but she'll get drawn to where she needs to go. So when she shows up, she, the dead people will come and talk to her. She'll see creatures. She'll see all sorts of shit. I mean, every episode she says something crazy. And I'm like, what? What is that? Like, And then she'll say what she sees. If the, if the TV show is legitimate, I think the reason she is given that sort of credit is that when Steve goes out and he does his investigation, when they sit down with the clients and reveal what they found, she goes first. And everything she says, not everything, but most things that she says he backs up with factual information on what actually happened on that property. So she's seen something. And at the end of each episode, she will tell the people that live there if she thinks that they can stay and what they're going to have to do in order to stay or if they have to move. And in this episode, she told them to move. She goes, oh, you wow. shouldn't be here. This house should never have been built. You need to go. And that doesn't happen that often. What you were these people experiencing just like constant just yeah they were fighting they were sick i mean it was just like typical haunting type stuff like almost every episode people that have some kind of um, entity in their home are experiencing things like that like mood swings um no energy headache um uh violence like just things like shadow people in their house um stuff getting moved around can't find things um doors slamming shut like being held down in bed all that oh, stuff. oh wow yeah yeah creepy stuff i would move 
That's yeah. What I mean. Oh God. Yeah. But a lot of times she has all of these um, spiritual remedies that they can do. They clean their house and usually it will work. But in this case, she's like, you know what? Nope. The, the land here is tainted. This house should never have been built. You guys should probably go. She goes, you could do something to protect the house, but it won't protect you when you leave the house because they're outside and they're trying to get in. Oh, I'm terrified. <laughs> Creepy, right? Such yes. a good show. I love that so show. So good. Good so, story. Good story. So getting back to the forest, Hoabachu in Romania has had UFOs hovering over it, which again is an example of a portal where a UFO can come through. People who have gone into the forest and have actually returned said that it made them feel sick, nauseous, they had feelings of anxiety and got rashes, and they felt like they were being watched. So they felt nauseous. I wonder if they were on some sort of carousel when they were <laughs> yeah, yes. in the forest, and they don't yes. realize it. There's a carousel in the forest. Did I not mention that? No. <laughs> yeah, of course there is. Electronic devices do not work in the forest. As we know, spiritual energy and electronics do not Absolutely. get along. Right. Um, and the forest is actually named after a shepherd who disappeared in the forest with a flock of 200 sheep that he was shepherding. Um, there was another disappearance of a five-year-old girl who disappeared and then showed back up five years later in the same clothes and had not aged and had no memory of where she had been. Could you imagine if you had a five-year-old and five years later, she's here I am. And she's like, still five and she's, she's like, mom, five. what happened to you? This is the best part though. Scientists go to the forest quite a bit because there are trees there that grow in a weird zigzag spiral pattern and they all spiral in a clockwise direction, and the scientists cannot tell you why. Oh, my God. And there's none that go in a counterclockwise direction? I don't even know how they can tell if it's going one way versus another, but that's what I read is that they have no idea why these trees grow like this. Isn't that weird? I'm so freaked. I have goosebumps right I now. I know. It's a good one. I know. It's a good story. It's just so weird. That is the Ahuabachu Forest of Romania. Now, my next one. Ooh, more. Josh, Josh will like the next one because it's from his hometown. And this one I've actually been to because I used to live in Los Angeles, California. Griffith Park. Griffith Woo! Park. Super haunted Griffith Park. Here we go. Griffith Park is a famous park in Los Angeles. It has been used for filming locations and many films and TV shows, including like Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2, The Rocketeer. Um, there's actually a tunnel in the park. They use that for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And they also used it as the entrance to Adam West's Batcave in the 1960s oh, yeah. Batman TV show. Yeah. Okay, I can so, picture it in my head now. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a kind of a cool area. The story behind Griffith Park is actually kind of interesting. Um, it began with a guy named Don Antonio Files, who in 1863, he owned a lot of land in Los Angeles, but he got smallpox and he got really sick. So there's another man named Don Antonio Coronel who learned that Files was going to die soon. So he showed up at his house with an attorney <laughs> and he convinced, convinced in air quotes, uh, Files to leave everything to him in his will. Or all the uh -huh. lands anyway. And oh, apparently wow. Fila's quote unquote signed such with the will and <laughs> he inherited all of that Everything. land. Yeah. He had a niece that he lived with. Her name was Dona Petronilla. And when she found out 
after his new will was read that she was going to get nothing, she cursed the land. Good for her. Yeah, good for her, right? Fuck that guy. In her curse, she said that the land would not make money for any of its owners and that the owners would pay for it with violent and untimely ends. This started a downfall domino effect regarding the people that owned the property. The curse began with a lawyer who brokered the new will. He was shot and killed. The judge that upheld the will also passed away unexpectedly. Don Coronel died and left the land to his wife. She remarried and her and her new husband fought over the land so much that it caused them to divorce. They lost most of the land to the lawyers during the divorce. More owners did meet their untimely demise, just as Donna had promised. One owner was killed in a saloon. Another was murdered by Mexican banditos. Then in 1882, Griffith Jenkins Griffith bought 4,000 acres of the land. Uh, soon after, he let a man named Frank Burkett start an ostrich farm on the land. However, he ended up foreclosing the ostrich farm because of finances. Because of this, Burkett tried to kill Griffith. He shot at him with a shotgun, but it did not kill Griffith as Burkett used birdshot instead of buckshot when he loaded his gun. After this, uh, Griffith became super paranoid and he thought that his wife was conspiring against him. <laughs> he thought that she was trying to poison him, so he would switch their dinner plates around when she was unaware. <laughs> he eventually became so paranoid that he shot her while he was drunk. She apparently had to jump out of a window to escape him. She did survive, but the shooting left her disfigured and blind in one eye. Griffith had to go to prison for only two years, but used what? the alcoholic insanity defense for a lesser sentence. <laughs> Could you imagine if you tried that today? Your no, you Honor, do that. I was I was drunk and I was insane, and the judge is like, "You're free to go." After his release, he did donate 3,015 acres to the city of Los Angeles in 1896. But before he died, he set up a trust fund to build the Griffith Observatory and Greek Theater. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, right? I guess he's got to do something to salvage his tattered reputation. He died in 1919 of liver disease. So here are some of the ghosts that haunt Griffith Park. Obviously, Griffith, Griffith which is a horrible name. Griffith um, Griffith. Griffith Griffith. <laughs> Griffith Park. That's not easy to say. And that should not be asked of somebody who can't speak anyway. We should just call him Gigi. You're right. Gigi is known to haunt the park. He's <laughs> usually seen on a ghost horse, by the way. Another ghost horse, like going back to your carousel That's amazing. Ride. Amazing mm -hmm. coincidences there. Right. Donut Petronilla. Um, appears as a lady in white. She is the ghost seen the most often in the park. She has also been seen on horseback around midnight, and she hangs out at an adobe building that is used for the park headquarters, or used to be anyway. There's another ghost, that of Peg Entwistle, who was famous for jumping to her death from the H in the Hollywood sign in 1932. Ooh. She's seen moseying around uh, Griffith Park. There's also a little ghost girl in the park looking for her parents. The belief there is that she was abandoned by them in the park. And she's actually seen near the carousel. No. Yes, she Get is. out of town. <sighs> Get out of town right yes. now, Holly. Yes, we are as one, Carol. You, as had, you channeled this, this whole ghostly story. That is too weird. 
And here's the thing, Carol. In 1933, there was a major fire that no! blazed Griffith no! Park, killing 29 people and no! injuring 150. Da, no! da, da, da. It's considered to be the deadliest fire in the history of Los Angeles, California. What does this mean? It just means that you and I are meant to be together for the rest of our lives. <laughs> or we should never go on carousels in a forest. Maybe it's a really <laughs> dire warning. And they're trying to get through to us through these stories it's right clear. now. It's clear. There's also uh, witnesses have described seeing a weird creature that has long legs and feet with a bent back and forward extending neck. Its eyes are black and its skin is green and it wears white pants and black shoes. What? I think they're probably just seeing Jim Carrey. Yes. He's probably just out there <laughs> walking around. Griffith Park is also a hot spot for victims of homicide. Um, the Hillside Strangler dumped bodies there in the 1970s, and every year hikers and cops find multiple bodies in the park. The park is also known to host satanic cult rituals that include animal sacrifice. Oh. But the best part is, and I think we should go there on Halloween at midnight because they do have haunted hayrides that include a series of mazes and haunted houses. Ooh. I think that would be a lot of fun to go do. So there you go. Griffith Park. I would Los love Angeles, it. California, everybody. It's yeah. weird that something that is in the middle of civilization is that haunted. I know. Some shit that went down there. Yeah. That you can yeah. have a place that's, that is that creepy. Yes. Right in the middle of town. Yeah, right in the middle of town, right in the middle of Hollywood. So I got one more forest for you. And of course, it wouldn't be a complete haunted forest series without this forest. That would be the Akignahara Forest in Japan, a.k.a. Oh, yes. the Suicide Forest. Yes. Yes, yes. That yes. forest is so scary. It's really pretty freaky. The Akignahara Forest is located at the foot of Mount Fiji in Japan. It is the second most popular place in the world to commit suicide, second only to the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, by the way. Oh. In 2010, 247 people went to Akignahara to commit suicide, and 54 of them succeeded. In 2016, Japan had the sixth highest suicide rate for an economically developed nation. 15.2 per 100,000 people die by suicide. In Japan, suicide is the leading cause of death for men in the age bracket of 20 to 44 and the leading cause of death for women, 15 to 34. The forest itself is quite dense and many of its areas look alike. So when hikers go into the forest, they tie tape or string to the trees and bushes so they can find their way back out. The forest is also close to Mount Fuji, so the volcanic soil really messes with compasses and mobile phones. Um, the most common way to commit suicide in the forest is by hanging or drug overdose. Officials have stopped publicizing the amount of deaths in the forest because they do not want to encourage or keep up the association of the forest with suicide, which is probably uh -huh. a good idea. Is that why they're doing it? Or they just don't want people to be alarmed that there's something supernatural going on? <laughs> I don't know. but Like kind my, of what Disneyland does. Yeah, my guess is that they're not trying to encourage people to go out there to, mm -hmm. you know, that would be my guess. But the problem is, is there are a couple of books that um, are pretty popular that associate the forest and suicide together. In 1960, a book called Kuroi Juke, which means Black Sea of Trees by Seicho Matsumoto, ends with a pair of lovers committing suicide in the forest. There's also another book called The Complete Suicide Manual, I oh. kid you not, by Wataru Surumi, 
also mentions that Echignahara is a perfect place to commit suicide. And in fact, when they do find the bodies of people who've committed suicide, a lot of times they'll find a copy of that book next to the body. Oh, that is messed up. Yeah, it's pretty That sad. is messed up. I know, it really is. Um, so the forest is said to be haunted by the yurei. A yurei to the Japanese is a spirit that has died in anger, sadness, or has desires for revenge. They stay stuck on Earth until they can resolve their conflicts and move on to the afterlife. Another legend associated with the forest is the Yubisud, which essentially is the practice that happens during times of famine. Families would take their elderly to the forest and leave them there to die no. of starvation and exposure. No. Since the family had other mouths to feed, it was well made to make sure they had enough food to go around for everybody. Sorry, Grandpa. I know. You're just eating too much. How Let's take a walk to the forest, up. shall we? <laughs> How fucked up is that? If that was actually practiced, then you know that Echignahara is full of yurei ghosts who die by yubicide and are super pissed off about it, being left alone in the woods to die. Oh, so absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it would be Revenged. a really shitty way to go. Um, there is no real proof that this practice was actually ever done, but the fact that the Japanese have a word for this concept is disturbing enough. That is very disturbing. <laughs> I will never look at a forest in the same way again. And you shouldn't. And you shouldn't. I mean, they're all kind of mysterious. I wonder if they could, you know, for some of these forests, make it mandatory that you have to have a forest buddy, you know, when you when you go it, into the forest. It's not a bad idea, especially for the um, Akignahara, because it is really difficult to find your way out of that forest. And in fact, I think a lot of people have probably gone into that forest and couldn't find their way out and died there. So, yeah. I don't think you would get lost in Griffith Park. It's... It's not really designed to get lost in really. <laughs> you yeah. can just walk pretty much in any direction. You'll run into a road. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, of course, the one in Romania, you'll just end up in a different dimension, so it won't really matter. What do you want to say about Ray Bradbury? Oh, oh, this is my, <laughs> this is my time. I'm sorry. Well, that, that was where I was saying about oh, going okay. in the future and the, and the past. I thought you were good. <laughs> Shit. We you had to come up with a hand up. signal where you're like, now it's you. And now it's you. You. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Let's move on. We'll cut all that out. <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. That's dumb. Carol, you, you said museum a little, a little odd, oddly. Both, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> you're always talking about museums, man. <laughs> How is that possible? Like every episode. Here's right. the backstory. This is why these children were in the machinery. Um, so the Akagnet, um, blah, blah. I'm going to fuck this up a lot. Okay. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com, and you may hear it on a future episode.